Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good evening and welcome to the Gallant View podcast and tonight we're looking to cover the most recent round of the English Premier League. Um, I am your host this evening, Jamie Royals, and tonight I have accompanied by two guests, um, uh, a traditional face now on, on, on the weekly catch-up. We've got Johnny. Johnny, how's things? I'm good, Jamie. Hello and hi, Colin. Uh, things are going well, mate. Pleasure to be back on as always. Good man, thank you. And uh, a name we haven't seen around these parts for quite some time. Um, Kednon, he's got a, a real life on top of his Rangers um, commitments, but we have Colin back. Colin, how's things? I'm very well, Jamie. Thanks for having me on. Evening, Johnny. Um, the way the Rangers are going, can you really blame me for not wanting to talk about football? And <laughs> <laughs> take a fucking runner. Um, but no, good to be back on, gents. Good. It's always good having you back on. Um, and uh, as ever, we've uh, got obviously the latest round of the Premier League action uh, that spanned over the Saturday and Sunday. Um, and I think uh, where else, Colin, can we start? Um, but finally, Luton get their first point of the season. Um, a hard-earned draw um, this weekend. Um, did you manage to get a chance to watch that game? What was your thoughts on Luton's final point? Uh, sorry, first point of the season. It's like when the wee scrimpy kid in the football team who's there just to make up the numbers finally gets <laughs> <laughs> finally gets a run out the last game of the season. You just felt oh, you felt so good for them getting a point. Um, I know that I know that they're not even at the bottom of the league, but you just you see the other two probably more chances of getting something. But um, when it's I thought they started quite well. Um, I thought they did look a bit dangerous. I think no, I can't see them getting beaten very much away from home at all this season. So these are the types of games they need to be getting some, like the Wolves at home. Um, you know when Palace come to visit, all the teams around about them. They started quite well. They started quite great. Um, I thought they thought they were okay. I thought um, that Carlton Morris, um, what a goal that would have been. That would have been a contender for their goal of the month. Uh, the one that. <laughs> 
routed off the bar. Um, but yeah, I think the more the game went on, the more we were coming in. I think the the less Luton started to believe in themselves. Um, even even when um, even when Wills went down to ten men, and then they they're still one now up. Uh, you can see, I, I didn't think Luton quite felt it was their day. You'd expect extra man up at home to start battering the opposition, but I, I didn't see that for them. Uh, in, in the end, probably quite lucky just to get away with the point, the way the second half went. Um, I think the second red card and a bit of a lucky penalty um, probably got them the, the spoils. And Johnny, it was always going to take a penalty, wasn't it? Uh, the, the way Luton's luck has been going in front of goal. They've really struggled, obviously, putting the ball in the back of the net. So it's probably always going to be a penalty that kind of got them off the mark and, you know, um, tough it out for a draw, shall we say? Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, they, like Colin said, they did, they did start okay and Morris was really, really unlucky. Um, I kind of look at it in two ways. Yeah, it's a good point. They've done well to get off the board, but um, on the board, sorry. But let's be honest, they're playing Wolves, and Wolves are in the same shitty mire that they are. You know, they're in trouble too. They haven't started well, and that's two points lost for me if Luton want any chance to stay where they are. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a huge ask, and I know I've kind of went against that with everything I've said, but I mean, realistically, if they do find their chances, that's the kind of games they have to be winning. Um, especially when you're you're against ten men, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, wasn't there loads in it? Um, Neto again was a standout for me. Um, I think he's going to be huge for Wales this season. Luton are just, uh, I mean, they're a tidy unit, but they are underarmed. I think would be fair to say. You know, they don't have yeah. any kind of players at the level at the Premier League. Um, they need to get people like Ross Barkley fit, don't they? They've obviously yeah. brought him in and he's not been fit to play. They could have done with a few signings on that in that area. Maybe mm-hmm. not as injury prone, but you know, just players who are established in the Premier League and they haven't really done that. I understand the finance thing and the money's going elsewhere with their facilities. I do get that. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean end of the day I suppose they will be happy with the point, but if I'm looking for the outside, I would be hoping to get ten for something like that. Yeah. And and Colin, just on just a, just on Wolves, that's you know, they've only got one win this season so far. They've got a few draws in there. But again, you can flip it and say if this is if they were looking to get three points from anywhere, then they should be looking at looting away, really, shouldn't they? Aye, um Yeah, you're right that, that both teams would have been going in there saying that it's um it's your best chance of getting three points, not in a long time. Um Wolves they 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 kind of did dip towards the end of last season, I thought. Um, yeah, you maybe talk about a year ago, 18 months ago, you, you really liked the Wolves style of play. Um, quite, quite attacking, quite ferocious, but it's it seemed to lack, I don't know, they're, they're, they're not as much as an exciting team. I mean, they've, well, they've never lost a few that. players, haven't they? They've lost I... Neves, Matinho, um, the the boy Podence, uh, Adama Traore. It's a lot of firepower. I mean, they didn't get you many goals, but in terms of pushing forward and controlling games, um, ah, they're probably it, locking that. That's that's exactly the point, Jamie. They were always good at pushing the other team back. Yeah, the likes of you know the bottom end teams, but they're not they're not quite as ferocious and um, 
and, and ruthless in doing that, not even just with the goal sense, but just keep the ball up the other end of the pitch. So, no, it's, you know, Johnny said it's right, it's a, it's a big point for both of them, but also potentially two points dropped. Yeah. And Johnny, um, one of the other three o'clock games on the Saturday um, was um, City at home to Nottingham Forest. Now, it wouldn't have taken a betting man to, to kind of bet that City probably would have won that game. Um, but it was probably overshadowed. The 2 0 win was probably overshadowed by the loss of Rodri now for the next three games with what I would probably deem a very, very silly red card. Yeah, unlike him as well, to be fair. Um, very composed. He, 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 he does have form for these things, doesn't he? Yeah, but <laughs> like he did before, to, didn't he? I think he, uh, yeah, but I think he wrapped it. You know, it's quite, it's been a while since we've seen that kind of fiery, fiery temperament coming out. Um, he seems always calculated, composed in what he does. Um, and it was much ado about nothing, you know, back to handbags, pushing their heads together. And I mean, it's a flash. He literally puts his hands, it's not even around his throat. I think that's dramatizing it. He kind of puts his, he goes to, to do it and rests his hands there. But we're talking a split second. Don't get me wrong, it's enough. It's retarded. There's nothing, there's no other way to describe it. And it completely changed City's shape. They had to make loads of changes. Um, they definitely took their foot off the gas. Prior to that red card, it was looking like it was going to be an absolute batter. You know, they were going forward, they looked like they were going to score. Um, and it probably would have been, you know, maybe a five, something like that, five nil. But that definitely changed that. Um, but I mean, it's a big loss for them. You know, he's a huge player for them and they have some big games. So, yeah, stupid. I'm sure uh, Pep will be absolutely fizzing. I know what he's like with that kind of thing. But they're just going to have to cope with it and hope that he um, keeps the head going forward because he is a huge player for say. Yeah, and Colin, when you look at the stats of the game, it probably doesn't tell you the right story. The one thing that does stand out, that if anybody watched any of the, the highlights, was that there was 11 yellow cards in that game. There was a lot of flashpoints. Like this. City and Nottingham Forest aren't excuse me, known for some kind of derby, but I mean, they were leaving they were leaving marks in on each other, weren't they? They weren't just it wasn't just dodgy tackles, it was actually arguments pushing each other over. It was just getting fiery for absolutely no reason at all. I know, and it wasn't even just like a certain flashpoint, like there was an instigator for the game. This happened for what the 15th minute, mm-hmm. and it was just every 10 minutes there was another yellow card. Um, it was bizarre. Um, don't get me wrong, I was a neutral, I love that shit, you know, I love that game. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it's you know, for a city point of view, definitely a bit more fiery than what it should have been. Um, mm-hmm. you can understand a team like Forest and the you know, the dark arts of the game, you know, you try and disrupt the play, the, yep. the free fall in Man City, but. The fact that both teams were at it, um, it, it was a bit bizarre. Um, so I thought it was a good game all in, and um, Johnny's right, it, it was all in course to be a battering, but I thought the, the sending half, it let Forge come in there a wee bit and try and have a go, ultimately to no avail, but it made it a decent watch. Um, I, I, I don't know too much about that. Um, what's the Portuguese boy here, is it? Um, Nunes. Matthias Nunes, ex-Wolves player. Aye. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Wolves he was at. Yep. I was trying to rag my brains where he'd run for I thought he'd had a terrific game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That was his first assist as well. I think that was his, possibly his first start. Um, and I think he got a start because Bernardo Silva um, was taken out in the middle of the week in the Champions League. So I think he'll probably get a few more games now. Um, but, uh, yeah, with Rodri out, um, I think they've got Arsenal within the next three games, which now means Calvin Phillips is going to get a shot. Um, the forgotten man, the forgotten 50 million that they just tucked away at the back of the 30. Oh. 
Um, but they are maximum points. They they've won every game so far. I think they've got. Uh, I think they've they've scored. Um, as a, I think they've scored something like eighteen goals and conceded only three. Um, sorry, sixteen goals and conceded three. Um, do we think? Do we think they're going to be stopped anytime soon, Johnny? No. <laughs> <laughs> At all. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they'll have the odd heck of me. Right. Every team does, but. I just, it's just really, really difficult to see. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they've dropped some talent. Um, they've brought some in. They've looked good. They're six and six. Um, I haven't looked that far ahead fixture-wise, if I'm honest with you. The next three fixtures are Wolves away, Arsenal away, and sit and Brighton at home. Right. I mean, you fancy two out of three at least. And Arsenal's record against City is not the best, so you could probably say three. Will Rodri play a factor in that? I mean, could do. He's out for all three. No, excuse me, actually. I think he's back for the Brighton game because I think he'll serve a ban in tomorrow night's EFL class. So I think he'll get two Premier League games and the one EFL game, which means he'll be back for the Brighton game. Mm. I mean, it could be a factor, but they do have cover. They have ample cover and they should have enough, mate. And I'm pretty sure they will, if I'm honest. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously Graham's not here tonight and I know he's been singing Julio Alvarez's um, praises this season. He's actually just seems to be getting better and better, doesn't he? I know old Haaland will get all the plaudits, but Alvarez's game is just coming on leaps and bounds, isn't it? I think at the weekend, we kind of it got overshadowed by the red card. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, the shape got moved, players got taken off way earlier than they usually would. Um and they had to shore it up a wee bit uh, and, you know, try and kill the game off, which they did. They've done it well. Um, so he never really got to shine. But prior to that game, he's been excellent. Mate. He's filled in the gap. We all questioned it, whether he could fill in with, with KDB being out there. You know, would, would that be viable? And so far, so good. He's pretty much checked every box. Yeah. Um, Colin, the, the the last three o'clock game, there was only three of them, was uh, the awesome nil-nil between Crystal Palace and Fulham. <laughs> Um, you know, there was always bound to be one at some point, wasn't there? And I don't think you would have been too, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have found too many people betting against um, a, a low-scoring game in that one, if not at all. I know. Um, I, funnily enough, didn't they run my way to watch this game? It was never <laughs> going to be set up to be a, a classic, and only catch the highlights. And even then, like, I couldn't keep my attention span on for the. What, the four minutes it was on match of the day. Um, yeah, it looked as if exactly what I don't know what you would expect <laughs> it to be. It wasn't a great strong game. Um, both of them probably happy with the result. I'd say I don't know about you. I think Fulham probably on the on the ascendancy of the two teams, but I think um, I, I don't know. I think where Palace are, I don't I don't really rate um, Palace under Roy Hodgson, so I think that's a good point for them. Um, Fulham. Going away and getting a point off the road, no getting beat. I think it's a decent, decent result for both. I think with the Fulham, um, I think they've done six games, and I think in each three rotations they've lost one, won one, and drew one. So uh, that's happened twice now. So uh, you'd, you'd expect them to might win the next one, win, lose the one after that, and then draw it again. So I think they're going to be in that kind of a rut the whole season. Um, I'm probably more surprised that Palace didn't score. They've been scoring pretty, pretty decent goals recently. Um, but I know there's a lot of talk about Edward potentially being out at the moment. Um, so, uh, yeah. And Johnny, anything for you on that game? 
No. The only note that I've got down for that game, mate, is, Jamie, why the fuck are we covering this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to show the impartiality, you know. I know, <laughs> there's impartial, the then, there's, then there's that. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it was a good old-fashioned honker. Yeah. Um, both of them got into positions, you know, final third, but they just lacked the quality once they actually got to highlight was seeing Woy back in the dugout. Go on yourself, Woy. But yeah, it was it was a stink on it. Um, and that takes us into the there was two evening games on a Saturday night. Well, it's it's not the first time it's happened, but I'm sure it won't be the last either. Um, and uh, a real sore one for me. Um, Brentford won, Everton three. Um, all my money this weekend was on Brentford, and I was absolutely gobsmacked when uh, the the Toffees decided to turn up and play football for a change. Um, Johnny, you, you you obviously watched that one as well. Um, what was your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was quite surprised. Um, I fancied Brentford to to do the job on Saturday, uh, just with how poor Everton have been. But mm-hmm. I think it was a bit of both. You know, Everton were um, just a typical Everton. You know, dogged, solid. Um, no, I wouldn't say they were hugely better. I just think Brentford had a, were, were really poor. Mm-hmm. Um, a mix of that and. Everton getting forward a wee bit more, I suppose. I thought we did see signs of what we had spoke about previous pods with Beto. You know, I'd say that I think that might not be a world beater, but I think his um, his mould's perfect for the way he play, they play. Mm-hmm. Um, you see them, there was quite a few. One, long balls um, or balls through holding up and laying it off. One of the goals actually was led for that. So that could be a positive for them. Uh, I mean, but look, it's a huge three points for them. Um, it's a massive three points. I think if they got off of the point prior, they would have took your hand off for it. Um, but a, a mix, a mixy, awful marking for Brentford. They pretty much mm-hmm. gifted every goal. I think there was two free headers. Um, yeah, Tarkowski's uh, changed the game a little bit, didn't it? The flow yeah, of the game, shall we say. The Curies as well, that was a free header. Was it a free mm-hmm. header or was it a shot? I can't remember. So. But yeah, both of them were unmarked anyway. The, the, the one you're talking about for Tarkowski, I think there was eight Brentford players around them. Just watching. Yeah, just watching. Nobody attempted the ball. So, yeah, I just... That's not you think with Brentford. That's um, even in the last season, some of the downfalls has been the basic set play defending. And mm-hmm. you know, I think I think we spoke over the last six, seven months like how they how they Brentford take the step up. It's that basic stuff you do need to cut out because we know what Brentford do well. They they, they do play um, good progressive like free form football at their best, but you know, sometimes they can be roughed up a wee bit easy, and I think yeah. that's what they've done. And they just—it's not the first time, won't be the last time that they'll they'll fall suspect to that. And you think you go back to last week? They were away to Newcastle, and they were arguably the better team for the majority of the game. And she said they were doggy, they were they were attacking, they just couldn't put it in the net. I fully anticipated they'd take Everton to the sword at the weekend, and they just didn't. They were just lackluster all over the park. They were toothless. There was no dynamism in the midfield, and the defenders were just left exposed. I think the keeper didn't really help himself either. Um, but you, you know, you got to give a shout out to Everton. They took the points where it where it was where it was presented to them. They scored three goals, so they deserved to win the game. Um, but uh, yeah, they'll probably lose the next six games now. Hopefully. Well, Calvert Lewin's <laughs> back. Got his shooting boots on as well. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. He'll probably start the weekend in the last thirty minutes, but it's, <laughs> it's a positive at the moment. 
Um, and uh, in terms of the the final game, then so um, the final game on the Saturday was the eight o'clock kickoff, um, and it was United Man United away to Burnley. Um, and uh, for those that watched it, um, the game was pretty even, but settled by a wonder goal by Bruno. And I say it's a wonder goal because of the the way he takes it and shoots it. Um, it was pretty much. We haven't associated those kind of goals with Bruno for a while. Um, Johnny, you, you obviously watched the game. Um, what was your thoughts on that? Um, did we did we anticipate more from Burnley, or did did we expect it from United? I, I think it was a difficult one to read. Um, the way Man United have been, they're so erratic, and they have been lackluster for weeks. So yeah, maybe expected a bit more fight for Burnley you know maybe their tails up a wee bit a wee bit more confidence that they could get something but to be fair to them they did they did start okay you know the the um the I thought they were decent I thought the a change in the shape was with Goodwinson when he went off injured I think that's a huge dent for them you know a hell of a lot of their assists and forward play comes through Goodwinson um, so for a good, maybe, I don't know, 15-20 minutes after that, United kind of took over. And up to that point, they weren't really looking a threat. Um, they did get back into the game, but just obviously just not enough. And like you said, um, it's settled by something special. Um, the read of the ball is, is so difficult to do that. His eyes do, doesn't come off that ball. For the minute that ball comes over, and it was sent long, he never lost the flight of that ball once. I mean, it was pinpoint me. I mean, sometimes, I mean, he's not my favourite person in the world on the pitch, but that was outstanding. Um, and I shout out again, same as last week, for Coley Osho. I think that boy's definitely got loads of promise. And uh, Colin, in terms of uh, Burnley, um, of the three teams that were promoted, I think we kind of all anticipated Burnley to get you know, have a decent start. Um, obviously, the City results aside, but we anticipated the way that um, company plays his football, shall we say, or gets his team to play in the way Burnley did play last season. We anticipated be a lot better off, but actually they're setting, I think they're setting with just a point um, at the moment um, in the league, which is nowhere near what we anticipated from them. No, you're right. And I thought, I thought company's interview post-match was quite... Quite insightful and uh, interesting. He doesn't look that panicked. He doesn't look that phase, and he's really taught about the style of football and just focusing on the performances. And I think that's the difference between Sheffield United and Burnley. I think Burnley, you are seeing what they're trying to do. Obviously, they they are they are very suspect of going in their shells when it's no going no going right. But you can see the way they're, they're set up to play. You can see a bit of a bit of a purpose. Um, I think if you have that, then it will come. Um, they've, I think they've had quite a, a, a tough opening run of fixtures, if, if we're being fair. I mean, there's probably only two games where you would have expected them to, to really get anything from them, and that was Forest, where um, they got a point, and um, what was the other team I had it written down there? Maybe Villa at home. I think um, it has been quite a difficult opening, opening run for them as well. Looking mm-hmm. ahead, they've got, they've got Newcastle. Newcastle, Newcastle yeah. and then Luton. Aye, Newcastle then Luton. If their heads don't turn to them by Luton, yeah, hopefully that maybe kicks, starts them. Then they've got the a free hit against Chelsea, basically, which <laughs> most people see that as. Um, 
Um, now, all joking aside, if they can even get three points going into the international break, then I think there's got to be three more than what they are to get. Um, and I think that will give them a chance to reset, kind of keep going what they're doing, uh, keep doing what they're doing in the training ground and come back a bit stronger. So I, I'm not as worried about them yet. I think I'm basing a lot of that all basically on Vincent Company's big cool swagger. <laughs> and, and Johnny, just a quick mention on United. So th- there's a lot of things happening outside of the pitch, shall we say, um, and United at the moment that that seems to be kind of dragging the club down a little bit. And what I mean by that is, you know, people not being available for selection. Um, added on top of the fact that they've got an absolute brickload of injuries, it seems to be the, the left the left side. Every time they get a left back in, the left back goes off injured. Um, apparently, Regulans potentially not going to be available this weekend. Um, we're going to see how he reacts to, apparently, he's unwell at the moment. But I think they've got something like three or four left backs out at the moment. Add in that with the new boy, Hoyland, who's now getting his games, He's not scored in the Premier League yet. He did get a goal in the Champions League against Bayern Munich of all teams, but he's getting games. But have we seen flashes from him that do we, you know, that we would expect to see? And it's probably an unfair characterization, but when you look at Nicholas Jackson, for example, at Chelsea, he's getting the chances. He's just not putting them away. Are we seeing Hoyland actually getting the chances? Is he getting himself available for those? I mean, I think he's been getting the position. He looks. I would say what I will say for him. He looks a fairly clever footballer. Um, he definitely gets in the right spaces, um, makes good runs, and seems to have a good eye, um, a good read of the game, especially for somebody so young. I mean, it's very, very early days, and he is a prospect. It's a hell of a lot of money for a prospect, but I mean, that's what it comes down to. That's what he is. It's not like he had a history behind them or a bag load of goals. You know, they're buying for what could be. Um, yeah, there's a hell. Of, I mean, there's a good chance that could come good. Um, I'm pretty sure he will get in the goals. How prolific, I don't know. I think that depends on Man United. Um, how is it when it's Man United we get sympathy for injuries? When Chelsea have got about two first-teamy injuries and you slated me for it last week. Because you buy four know. teams worth of players, so it doesn't really work out the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, we could come to Chelsea later, but... Um... Yeah, I'm just I'm just showing your double standards. I hope you're listening to me. Um, no, I mean, listen, they have got injuries. They have had a run of bad luck. I'm not sure about the way um, Ten Hag deals with some of the things, like the Sancho thing and that. I think that's been dealt with terribly um, on both sides of the fence, not just the manager. Um, I, I think, think I'll of... throw that in there because if you if you, if if you remember before the game, <clears throat> there was a lot of talk about whether or not you know United needed to win that game to kind of stop a lot of the chat because they'd, they'd lost a few games in a row. Uh, they'd obviously went up to Munich and it didn't work out well there. So Burnley was a big three points. I mean, it was only 1-0, but it was a big three points that he def- def- desperately needs. I think Man United, in a similar vein to anybody, kind of in that. What you, I'm, I know they're not top five, top six now, but what you would expect to be that. Um, so your usual teams I'm talking about, if they have a bad run or something goes wrong, any other club, you probably wouldn't blink, you wouldn't notice. Because of them, it gets huge publicity. It gets huge focus, and it gets huge draw. That's what's happening with Man United. It's happening with Maguire. I mean, they've pretty much ruined that lad. It's happening with Sancho. It's happening when they lose. It's happening when they get injuries. All these things draw much more scope, and they kind of get blown out of proportion. But, I mean, yeah, they absolutely did have to win, and he does have to get wins on the, on the board. 
the end of the day, when you're at a club of that size, injuries doesn't cut it. You have to find a way past it. But my worry about it is, sorry, Jamie. No, no, go. See, see when and probably speaking to personal experience with my own club now as well. See, at any point when the conversations start, they're one defeat away for getting the bump. It's 99% of the time, it doesn't go away. It does not go away. It needs a miraculous turnaround. And um, I think people are starting to get their, their mind made up because we, we do keep on kind of having these conversations about Ten Hag. I, I do think he's a decent coach, but there's always this wee blip every now and then. And it like it will get out, it'll take a while to muster up some form. And as Johnny says, like how he deals with the squad and man management as well as but when you're at this conversation or if he gets beat the weekend he's off it's it's a long way back for that yeah I, I, do you remember at the beginning of the season a lot of us actually put Man United in the top fours and I think you know it'd be a big a big ask for them I think if they continue the current form um, I think they've won two out of the last six games I think it was losing the other four so it's it's definitely a run that he doesn't want to be on at least um, and, and you know, that brings us up to the Sunday games now. So the Sunday games is probably where all the fun was, all the action was, all the goals was. Um, and, you know, um, Colin, um, kick us off. Deservable. I know you love, uh, obviously, what Brighton are doing. Um, but Brighton went, went surprisingly a goal behind to Bournemouth. Um, and I think if anybody's seen that replay, what the Brighton goalkeeper was doing, um, I've got no idea. Um, but um, Brighton go on to win 3-1. Um, it was a cracking game, wasn't it? Such a good game of football to watch. Um, starting with that goal, but it does annoy me. And I get it's how modern football is played. And I'm, I'm usually wanting to defend um, like the, how much the overtouch, But Jesus Christ, man, keepers need to get out of their head that in the Premier League, you don't need to, if you're wearing the gloves, you're not fucking Claude Macaulay. Get back in your box, man. Stop so going on to like covering the, the halfway line, man. That's how far they're going out. And but how many goals have we got to see with that? Um, it's so avoidable. Um, no, the fact that they're coming out there just in the amount of time and the stupid mistakes you see. And um, but fair play to Solanke, like they finished it well. I mean, how easy is it to to rush those type of chances? But like Brighton, you knew they were always going to come in there. I think yeah, Deserby said that he probably changed it a bit too much. Um, and the second half, they just came into it so much. Um, like Matoma, he's just mm-hmm. awesome. He's just awesome, isn't he? Um, he's like he's so quick off the mark, and it's not just his pace. See how much he accelerates in the times he runs as well. For both his goals, that his his movement is just so clever and. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the speed I thought as well. But uh yeah, what you said at the start, I'm a big fan of what Brighton are doing, just under the Zerbi, under Paul before. That's just such a well run club. Johnny, I know you love a stats. So Brighton have played six Premier League games so far, and every game has either finished three one or four one. Um one game went against them, three one at West against West Ham. But they've not been in a game with less than four goals in it out of the first six. These are not the kind of results or shall we say um form that you put in with a team like Brentford, is it? 
uh, Brighton, sorry. I mean, the only time I can think of something like this gung ho is, do you remember back in the 2000, 2000, 2020 year when Liverpool, before they won the Premier League, remember they were doing that season where they scored four goals in the first half and then they won the game 4 3. It was just like end to end. Brighton kind of. Kind of resemble Brian kind of resemble that season for me at the moment. They're, they're scoring brickloads of goals. They'll probably concede them um, as well. If you fling in the Europa League game that they did midweek, I think that finished four three as well. So the goals are there. Yeah, I mean the free scoring, mate. Um, they are incredibly fun to watch. Um, I can't. I mean, I've done it all season. I can't sing the praises enough. They're just they're, they're just a quality side. Um, yeah, they're going to concede. Um, they do have, I wouldn't say suspect, you know, but they do have chinks in the armour. Um, they, they're they just so, going forward, they're so dangerous, like you said, you're finding similarities, and it's understandable. Um, I, I love how the, they do play a high press, but it's so energetic. It just doesn't stop. It's like 90 minutes high press. And but the, what the best part about it is whenever they retain possession, and they do it a lot, you've seen it on Saturday, they punish with that possession. They get forward like lightning. And it goes from winning the ball to a rapid counter. And I, mean, I think both of Matoma's goals came from similar situations to winning back possession. So, yeah, I mean... They're not going to have the depth. You know, they are going to have a tough time with depth, especially with the European adventure as well. But I think more often than not, they're going to be incredibly entertaining. I mean, we all get the odd game, which we've seen. But yeah, they are doing really well, mate. Yeah, and to kind of put it in perspective, check out the next three games. So they're away to Villa, at home to Liverpool, and then away to City. Like, yeah. it just screams goals, doesn't it? Whether, yeah. whether they win it or not, it just screams goals. Get your goal lines on those. <laughs> um, uh, Colin, um, so uh, one of the other, the, the Sunday 2 o'clockers um, was Liverpool 3, West Ham 1. Um, now, for, for anybody that quotes it, um, Antonio, the West Ham striker, does a bit of a podcast in the middle of the week. Um, and his uh, he, he was quoted as saying that the way Liverpool started against Wolves the week before, um, he was going to have a field day with the Liverpool backline, um, and he tipped West Ham to finish top. Uh, sorry, finish above Liverpool come the season end. Um, it would surprise you. It won't surprise you to know that Antonio finished with zero shots on goal, um, zero chances created. Um, he had one shot that went wide with a header, um, and then was subbed after about sixty-five minutes. Um, and Liverpool went on to win three-one quite gleefully. Probably the most surprising part about all of this is you're no cheesered for wall to wall about that. That's the kind of stuff you love, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, because I think <laughs> they also asked David Moyes as well before the match about Antonio's comments, and Moyes went, I think Moyes said something like, Yeah, I've had some good results at Anfield before. Boom, there you go. Pin, yeah. pin, it, up and, pin it up on the board, pin, it, pin uh, it up in the changing room, sorry. Hang it in the Louvre, man. It's just, <laughs> uh, you don't do that. Like, how many, like, it's, I think it was all this time, man. If he's like just if you keep your mouth, until keep your mouth shut, even <laughs> if you don't mean anything by it, your your words are always going to get taken out of context, even uh, if they if that is what it is. But Antonio's just been stupid there. But that's um, I mean, Liverpool don't need any motivation to go and win at Anfield, but that just added a wee bit extra. Um, but it was a decent game, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. like I mean, the scoreline 3 1. Uh, I, I, like 
I think it was a closer game than a three-one game, um, particularly in the first half. And I think West Ham fair fair play to them. Um, they they are still, you know, it's a very unmoisesque um, type of football they're playing. I think yes, there is still that long ball um, at times, but I think it's more quick transition than just hoof it up the park. And you've seen that with their goal, just how. How well White Bowen does. Um, you don't see no. many diving headers like that nowadays, no, do you? No, you don't. But <laughs> what I really like about him, he's um, he, he's he's been involved quite a lot of the goals. But he, he like he helps get that move out wide as well, and then he's run after it. But so that they are the very good movement off the ball West Ham, um, and it, they went to Anfield and gave it a game. Um, but no, I did enjoy watching that one. Johnny, I know you love a Salah star. So I'm coming at you with two of them, right? So Johnny's always good for the chat when it comes to Salah. Like he's a, what was it? He's a, a diver, he's a penalty getter. You know, he gets all the slack. Mo Salah won the penalty at the weekend. That's his first penalty awarded to him in 83 games. So uh, I think I get narrative from there, mate. I've just made that up. <laughs> Should have been 183. Yeah, he, he knows we can't verify it when we're live in a podcast. So. <laughs> 83 no, games that he's, that he's won a penalty. Quality football, I don't argue that. I'm not I'm not that blink-up. Um, <sighs> Antonio was hilarious. I thought that was brilliant. I think when things like that happen, it's almost like the stars align for you just for that wee bit. Just so you can see, get it right up here. The um, yeah, he needs his podcast rights taken away. If he ever has to come on here, chase him. Um, <laughs> we kind of have that on here, but yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't see the game live. I seen the, I watched the highlights today, and I mean, there was two really big chances early on for West Ham. Mm-hmm. One you said was Antonio. I don't know what he was trying to do. It was like the old-fashioned 50 pence head. It was a big, big chance. He should be doing way better, at the very least, hitting the target. The other one, I think, Allison saved. The Allison save. Um, that was that's yeah. a world-class save. That's how it started, isn't it? Out with that, there wasn't a lot. The penalty you're talking about was, was a guard, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it was really, really lazy, really sloppy challenge. Um, he kind of just asked for it. He just laid, stuck a lazy leg out there. But I mean, I mean, listen. I think Liverpool played excellent this season. They're, they're, I mean, they do have bits where they go off the boil. You know, like they won't turn up for a half, and then yep. second half is like a different team. We have seen a bit of that. But I mean, I thought they were good at the weekend for what I'd seen. Um, and shout out to to Darwin. I mean, that was a, another quality finish. It wasn't quite as spectacular as Fernandez, but again, incredibly difficult thing to do. It's coming over his head or over the shoulder. And he, started, he made it look really, really easy. So, I mean, see, uh, see what I like about that one as well is that he actually didn't make a run for McAllister to lead it into him. McAllister just sent it over the top and he had to react. And what yeah. you find with Dorman is that when he thinks about a shot, he probably doesn't get it on target. See when he's just instinct, he rattles them in. Um, yeah, I don't think it, like that situation doesn't really give him the chance to just lash at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I thought they were, in, in the end, they looked fairly comfortable, mate. Um, um, yeah. So I should say, West Ham have been excellent. West Ham mm-hmm. started really, really well, which probably made a, a bigger three points. And I, I did say I got a second start for you, and I think I'm only calling it out because it's it's pretty much on uncalled for what we're looking at. Mo Salah again, as I said, he scored or assisted in 12 of the last competitive games in all competitions. The last time he did a run like that was his very first season. 
Now, people will say he's not playing his best football. He's coming up to 30 and he's probably past his peak. He's probably he's probably just doing it just as good right now. He's just not scoring the flashier goals that we that we used to seeing him with. I know those Saudi lads are going to be rolling their eyes every week because they can see the price just climbing. Uh, do, 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 do you remember that run when Morales went on for Rangers and every time he scored a goal it was like an extra million? I kind of feel like Liverpool are doing that right now with Salah, but it's like in five million every goal he goes up. It's like I think we're up to about two hundred and twelve million or something. Yeah, I mean the comments like that are ridiculous. You know mm-hmm. about players. I mean, listen, he's one of the best players in the world. You can't noise that. He's one of the best in the world. He still is. He's he's playing pretty much as he did at his peak. Um, I think he's one goal away from down. joining the top ten Premier League goal scorers ever. That's that's outstanding considering he's only been at Liverpool for seven years. Yeah. I did see that start. I'm sorry, Colin. Mm-hmm. I did see that start. I was just hoping it would slide, and you wouldn't mention it. But here we are. <laughs> but but no, it rails me with like players. I guess um, the. The argument against them um, almost is uh, that they try, people try and hit them over the head with is, oh, but they're past their peak. Well, that's the whole point in a fucking peak, right? It doesn't go any higher than the peak. But just because you have like, reached the stars doesn't mean it's bad when you reach the moon, right? It's it's no like it's no an insult to Mo Salah that he, he is beyond his best, but his best was just that fucking good that there's still a lot of wiggle room um, this whole eye bites past his peak that's, doesn't mean anything man mm-hmm. no I just think it's brilliant that, as you said I can't go said last week we're kind of going under the radar a little bit when everybody's not talking about as you know challenging but we're actually just churning out wins we've got a couple of difficult games coming up um, so I do expect us to get tested a little bit more but I think we've got the firepower to see us through Gas you on on Liverpool Jamie so mm-hmm. see including Europe so Set, last seven games conceded six goals mm-hmm. at the start of the start of the season. I think most of us were concerned that Liverpool were going to like score five every game but concede four or whatever. You watched them a lot closer than, than Johnny and mm-hmm. I, obviously. How do, how is the stability is like for your point of view? So, is it as bad as we thought? So we've not been battered in terms of goals scored against us. You know, um, if you go back to last season, do you remember the Arsenal game? They were 2-0 up after like 20 minutes. We've not been like that. I think the only game that's ever been... that The, 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 the worst game probably last week was against Wolves. We just didn't turn up for the first half. And I think we've done that a couple of times where we've been slow off the mark. I think against Bournemouth when I was there, um, I think they had a goal chopped off in the first five minutes and then they scored another five minutes later. And Liverpool didn't start playing football until about the 25th minute. And I think we've just been slow starters. Um, We're still defending. We've still got Alisson in goal. Um, Johnny said it there. Um, West Ham could have been a a goal up in the first five minutes with with the header. If it wasn't for Alisson, you know, we probably would have been a lot worse. Trent's not played the last two games, so it's not even the fact that Trent's not, Trent's not, you know, on the pitch. That this transition of a midfield defender, I just think, I just think we've been slow starters. I think we show in the opposition too much respect um, as a starting off point, and then they kind of they need the kick in the arse. And I think it's the same for some of the new guys. So Sobers, Lyme, McAllister have been arguably. I would say right up there with Madison and Saka in terms of players of the month, in terms of what they've contributed. But even they had stinkers. I go back to the Wolves game. I think McAllister let the ball go, uh, sorry, misplaced about four passes in the first half, and Sobers like lost the ball in the first four, in the first half so many times. But the second half, they just turn it, and I think that's what we've been doing. Where it's going to be a challenge is when you come up against the City, 
you know, and and they don't miss those chances. They don't take the foot off the pressure. Um, that'll be the big test for us. But I think even like Brighton, Brighton are so Johnny called it. Brighton are so attacking. They they pile the pressure on. You just don't see them missing. It's okay having these kind of performances against a Bournemouth, a Wolverhampton, um, and then you can turn the screw and kind of get back on top of them. I think that's where the nervousness is, if you like. But again, it goes back to the firing. We've got about five strikers that can score goals at the moment and all scoring goals. As long as we've got that, I think we, I think I'm confident we can we can battle and compete in any game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Cool. Any more on uh, Liverpool, Johnny? You stopped adding plaudits to us. You, I've got more Liverpool stats for you. You want to move on? We'll move no, on. I'm, go- I'm golden, mate. <laughs> okay. So, um... Do you want to do? Do you want to do Chelsea next, Johnny, or do you want to do Arsenal next? Oh, just geese it. Let's get it out of the way. Okay, then we'll save <laughs> we'll save them for the end. Then, right? So Arsenal, the, the North London derby. <laughs> so uh, the North London derby was probably the highlight in terms of looking forward to a fixture at the weekend, purely on the basis that, of how well Tottenham and Gunner and Arsenal have been playing so far. Um, Colin, I know you've been a bit apprehensive to to praise plaudits on Big Ange. But um, they've uh, they went there and they didn't shirk. Um, they, they they went there and gave them a game. Um, they played pretty good, didn't they? You're a prick, by the way. You fucking tease Johnny about Chelsea, and then you you try, you're trying to get me in full of all meltdown, saying but Big Andy's doing well. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. You don't have to talk about it. You can talk about Madison. <laughs> you can talk about Son. But if you want to leave with Andrew, that's up to well, you. I'll tell you what. Not a day one. I can't um, talk about Madison because I had him in my um, fantasy um, <laughs> fantasy team, and I thought I thought his head was going right down um, after that howler he made um, in the first half, mm-hmm. where he's just he's been robbed in possession um, for the for the Arsenal goal. Um, Pops up with two assists, man. I thought you thought he was terrific in the second half um, as well, and I think him and him and Son um, just throwing up so well together. Um, they really do. Um, again, just talking about the Tottenham manager, he knows where the he, he knows where this um, where this team have their strengths. Um, what do you think? And, and what do you is, think Tottenham's biggest strength is? I, I think it's it's the ability uh, to to hit 
hit teams in the transition in a multitude of different ways. So I think you see there's times where they go through, play through the lines, they'll play through the middle. But at the same time, they, they do like to go down the lines as well. I think they... I don't know. I don't think they only have one route of attack, and they do catch teams up. They do catch teams off of that. They're very imaginative in how they get the team back to front. And we said that time and time again. Like Postecoglou will set up his teams, and you know, in a hundred mile an hour um, style of style of play. It doesn't always last for 90 minutes. That's part of the weaknesses. Um, you can't do that. You, that's where you need a good strength and depth. But that's certainly their, their strength. And I thought that's how the, both goals came for. Yeah. Johnny, um, a, a word on Son. You know, obviously, he's been he's been Keynes, shall we say. I'm going to say he's understudy for, for so many years. He's always been, you know, um, on the wing with Kane. But he's been asked to play a different role now. And, and, and Saturday, he was up top um, with Madison tucked in behind. He's kind of really stepped up, hadn't he? I think that's his, was that his fifth goal this season um, that he's scored already. Um, he got the hat trick a couple of weeks ago. But um, he, he's playing he's playing much better than what I anticipated would after last season. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's done well at the weekend. It's pretty much the Saka and Sun show. Um, and as you say, they got a hard trick. A wee bit anonymous in the games prior, if I'm honest. Uh, I don't think he, he set the world alight. I mean, but I, listen, I'm not knocking it. I suppose I'm nitpicking. Um, it is a transition. You know, Kane's been there for that long and they're that used to that. So they don't have that anymore and they're just trying to work around it. Will it work every game? I don't think so, mate. Um, I think they we've seen Son in certain games where he does kind of go missing. Um, he's not he's uh, not like a traditional number nine, though, is he? No, I don't think that's long term. Um, I mean, it's 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 an excellent option, and right now it's they don't have a lot of options in that position. So yeah, I mean, yeah, he's doing well and he's going to score goals. The way he's got them playing is definitely going to help, you know, because they're so gung ho. Um, but I mean. He is a quality footballer, mate. He's a quality player. Mm. Um, I suppose the question would be once we get a wee bit further down the line, does he try and get a number nine and push him back um, back one? I don't know. I don't it's know. It's with Richardson, really, isn't it? They paid a lot of money for Richardson. Yeah. I know they did, and I know you guys kind of came out and said he's got issues in that. Fair play. He's, uh, he's trying to get that sorted out. <laughs> I just, I still think the, if it's me, I don't think I would be having Son as a nine. Um, I don't think he, he's got the stature or the strength for the Premier League to do it on a consistent basis. Um, quality player, yes. I'm just not sure if he's a nine. And Colin, just on um, Arsenal, so um, there was a lot of talk, obviously, about the number one position. Um, and David Raya played Um he had a bit of an up-and-down game, really, didn't he? He had an excellent save in the first half, I think, which he pretty much had no right to save the way it was. He dived back and pulled it back through, you know, off the line, but was probably culpable for the first goal um, that they scored. Um, and what's your thoughts on the on the fact of having these two number one keepers, this Ramsdale and David Raya situation? Because it's pretty unheard of in the Premier League. Like, the only time I can think about it is probably... Um, you know, the, the two Chelsea keepers um, that you had Kepa and Mendy. One played the Champions League and one played the league. It's a hard one. Um, 
I think I'm very much one for um, you know playing consistently together and building a bit of cohesion is just as valuable as how talented the the players on the pitch are um, and building that relationship particularly in the spine of your team your goalkeeper is your spine you're, you go for your goalkeeper in your mid, middle of the park and uh, goalkeeper in the defenders in the middle of the park so on and so forth um, if and I don't know if Arteta's going to do this but if he's going to chop and change it every couple of games I think that's what to cause massive issues for Arsenal um, it, it doesn't work um, but the, they need to have that consistent relationship. I think it's a little bit different uh, if you switch between a, a league campaign and a cup campaign because the like knockout tournaments and cup competitions are different by nature. They are different by nature, so you can almost get away with it. Um, but I think he has to stick one and go with it. Um, I think if he continues to jump change, as I say, it never works out. It doesn't work out long term. And I uh, he'll which has caused himself more issues than what he needs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from a media point of view, there was a, there was a lot of talk about some of the Arsenal pundits um, were, were probably, you know, th- stirring it up um, pre-game, uh, especially one Paul Merson on Sky Sports. Um, he was giving it big licks about that um, Arsenal were going to be, you know, I think what was his words was that, um, was it... St- Spurs conceded so many chances in the game prior, and I think he said that if Arsenal would take those, if Arsenal were presented with those chances, then they'll batter um, Tottenham in that game. But it didn't really plan out like that. Um, was that was that two points dropped? Do you think by by Arsenal, or do you think that was a hard earned point, Colin? I think two points dropped. Um, and because I don't they know went ahead twice, or, or because yes, of the... yes, um, okay. and again, that's um, it's not new issues that we're, we're going to bring up. We we Arsenal here, like arguably it's what cost them the league uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Just seeing games out, and yes, I get it's, I, I get it's your rival. Again, it's taught them in their own a bit of a resurgence. End of the day, this. If it keeps on happening, like the excuses don't matter, it's an issue. Um, and it does keep on happening, uh, Arsenal over the last uh, the last year or so. So it's two points dropped uh, just with the manner of it. And I might be being a wee bit harsh on Spurs there because I've just probably contradicted myself because I've given them all that praise. <laughs> but no, two points dropped. Johnny, just a final piece then on Arsenal. Um, are we starting to see a few cracks um, within within the Arsenal team? Um, he's got quite a few injuries. Um, Martinelli's been missing. Um, he obviously lost a lad Timber. Um, Trossard he lost pre-game, um, and and Rice went off at half-time. Um, he's only just got Gabriel Jesus back, but you know the bench probably doesn't look as strong as it did a few weeks ago. Um, I know Jorginho come off the bench for Rice um, at half-time and was um, the reason, shall we say, for their second goal when he lost the ball for the Madison. They've got a tough couple of games coming up, but he, he needs the team, and I think the talk is that potentially Saka's going to be missing this weekend at least. Yeah, seeing those reports today. Um, well, we don't know. You know, information was kind of sparse. He just kind of said possibly. Um I think it's too early to call that, mate. Um, if there if there's issues there, I mean, listen, there's loads of clubs up there that have got major major issues with injuries. Um, like the rest of them, they're just going to have to deal. Um, that's why they they tried to increase squad depth. They did they did do it to an extent, 
And yeah, they've been unlucky, especially with the newer signings. Um, I mean, they're not the only ones in that boat. And <clears throat> at the end of the day, they're only, uh, uh, is it four points? Four points mm-hmm. off City? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're fifth. So, I mean, it's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, there's two draws, but one's against a, a Spurs team that are flying. The Fulham one, yeah, that was a, that was a blip. Yeah. Um, that, that was one that they could have done without that draw. But yeah, I would say we're still we're still very very uh, early on that path, mate. But they do they do need to build that consistency. Um, they had excellent momentum last year before it went to shit. Up until that point, they 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 looked formidable, really. Um, but they do have some winnable games, and then they have some tough ones coming up as well. They've got Chelsea, so I'll get that out of the way now. That's a given for somebody else. Does. Um, <clears throat> They could probably have it up front on that one. Well, anybody else? Anybody else? Why chip? No, I think they'll be okay, mate. I think they'll be okay. And just to give you the direct quote from Merson, this one's a belter. All over the pitch, they are better players, as in Arsenal. Not many Spurs players get into that Arsenal team. And if you open this game up tomorrow, then Arsenal will destroy Tottenham. And I mean destroy them. <laughs> I think his brain's stuck in the end of that big note, honestly. He's done that a few times, you know, he's so... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just blots things out. So, yeah, that was a that was a silly one. But, yeah, I think they'll be fine, mate. And I think they will be... Do I think they'll win the league? No. But I think they will challenge. Okay. Um, and uh, as as we said earlier, that we've we've obviously got another um, club to pick up, and uh, uh, Chelsea hosted Aston Villa, um, which finished one nil to Aston Villa, um, and a red card to uh, the lad Gusto for Chelsea. Um, Johnny, I know you were watching that game, um, infuriated by that game. Um, what was your thoughts on on you know now the dust has settled? I wasn't going to watch it, mate. I think I told you that on Saturday. I don't know why I do it to myself. I think I you couldn't won't... get the Liverpool stream to work, didn't you? So you switched to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just... Right, listen, the game itself, the game itself was flat. It wasn't a hell of a lot in it. It was exact same we've seen to Chelsea since way into last season. Um, they can have a lot of the ball. They can look um, comfortable on the ball. But they carry no threat. And they still don't. Um... It was the same on Saturday. The I'm not saying they created loads of chances. There wasn't a hell of a lot in it up to that red card. Red card happens, which was just such a... It was an ugly tackle. It was a straight red all day. Um, stupid tackle. And a team where you're struggling and you've only started getting game time, then you go and do that. I don't know. I suppose when it's against you, these are the kind of things that always happen. Um and they're usually self-inflicted, and that's what Chelsea seem to be doing a hell of a lot of. But again, it comes back to the same thing. I'm saying it for weeks. The, the the only real major flag I see is no threat, no no one there to get an end of a ball, and even when they do, they they completely make an ass of it, and no creativity in the middle of the park. Loads of the ball, but just all sideways back passing and no ideas. Uh, and I don't see how that's going to change with the personnel they have available. John, you, you obviously watch Chelsea a lot closer than the rest of us. Why is Ben Chilwell starting on the bench? 
he's he's a bit of a weird uh, one, isn't it? Really? Something he said last week, Pochettino came out and said something. Um, I don't remember the. I mean, loose quote. Yes, loose, loose quote. Sorry, it was something to do with how he he wanted to try the shape um, without Chilwell. He said there was different ways we could set up without Chilwell. As to why, I don't know. I mean, Chilwell is probably the most attacking threat, which is ridiculous when yeah. we're talking about a wing back. But they did get a decent chance when he came on, didn't they? Yeah, that well, that's where we're at with Chelsea at the minute. You know, that's where the threat's coming from, rather than where it should be at the top of the park. I mean, it's nice to have threat everywhere, but right now they don't have much of anything. Um, so why he's doing that? I, honestly, mate, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think he knows his best eleven. I know same same thing. I've spoke about with other teams. There's a horrible amount of injuries, but he still doesn't seem to have any idea to actually what to go with or what to start. So I, I on that, that's what my question would be then to see on that. Obviously, we t- you, you talk about a lot of injuries. Um, I can think of Reese James would be your right back, and Nkunku would be a striker. Who else is missing from an injury point of view? You're going to you're well, no, I'm, I'm asking because I'm I'm wondering who because you you I get the weekend you had Enzo Fernandez, Casado, and Conor Gallagher with the sort of midfield, weren't they? You've got Thiago Silva at centre back. You had the lad Gusto, who you could probably change for Chilwell, um, and then you lad Desassi on the right. You've got Raheem Sterling, Nicholas Jackson, um, and Mudrik up front. So obviously we talk about Chelsea have got a lot of injuries, but actually how many of them are? Potentially waiting on. I can only think of really Reese James and Nkuku that would probably fit into that starting eleven. Thing is, I don't know if that is a starting eleven. That's just the starting eleven we've seen because there's not really been another option to play another starting eleven. Um, and Nkuku absolutely is nailed on. I think that was a big, huge blow to them because when we've seen them in pre-season, they looked mm-hmm. they looked good. Um, even Jackson looked good, but all of that link-up was between Nkuku and Jackson. I said that to you yeah. prior that they looked really good together, um, and Jackson looks like a shell since he's went. Out. But you've got him out, you've got Latva out, um, Fafana, he's out, Shabala, he's out, James, you mentioned him. Um, Chris Chukomenko, he's out. Yeah, Madueke, he's out. I can't remember my pronunciation of the last lad. The lad Bash Bashadil Bashel, he's out. I know. Obviously, injuries are having an impact on on Chelsea as well. But I think how how unlucky Jackson appears to be is trying to add into Chelsea's misfortunes as well. Because I, he was getting into decent positions. He just kind of finished full of the money. Same with Sterling at the weekend as well. Like. Chelsea aren't that much of a worry in terms of conceding for the most part. I mean, there's only two two teams in the Premier League that have conceded uh, less goals than them, and that's the top two. Um, they're, they're not leaking goals left, right, and centre, but it's just what Johnny said. It's just that mm-hmm. stale middle to front, no creativity. There's no urgency to get the ball in the decent areas quick enough. And these players, and Cuckoo is the, the obvious one, but if we talk about the midfielders out as well. You know, that's impacting and potentially what the plan would have been. And there does look like a lack of creativity and a lack of that ruthlessness and, you know, clin- clinicalness. I don't even know if that's the right word. A lack of finishing the fucking balls in. Um, you know, but at the same time, 
Chelsea do have a massive squad and mm-hmm. it's, you know, just because of the options that are there aren't, aren't doing it, you know, that's that's maybe fault apart for the people who put the squad together. Big, a big, a big, a big result for Watkins, wouldn't it? As as much as it was for Villa, because Watkins is needing to get off the mark, isn't he? Absolutely, aye, um, and that that will do him the that will do his confidence the world a good real well. Um, I think he's he has such a confidence. Where we've seen that with him in the in the past, like when he when he feels it, when he is having a good run of games, that's when more games will come. Like probably like the majority of forward players, but no, he took his role really well. Um, and actually, I, think, I don't think Villa were that dangerous. And I think right up until the, the sending off, that's when they really came, came into it. But, you know, they, you can only be what you're up against. Yeah, other thing with Chelsea as well is the running. We know the next bunch of fixtures, yeah. it does not read well for them. So Johnny, I've got I've got one more for you, and I know you don't like these, but this is this. It's only because these stats are available. If you look at Chelsea's last thirty-five Premier League games, the points per game is less than one. That's zero point eight per over the last thirty-five. If you take that as a whole, that would have relegated them in every season of a Premier League season. That's how bad of a run that they're on, and that's why I mean, if you go back to last season into this season, like. Do you think Pochettino is going to get the time to get this fixed? Uh, I don't know, mate. I think they have to. Personally, I just think they've they got to break the mold, haven't they? Yeah, they can't just keep doing it. They're going to have to take a hit and consider it, even if they have to consider it a you know a transition season and trying mm-hmm. to build something. There's a hell. It's a very very young team. We spoke about that. Yeah. Um, and he's going to. I don't think it matters who goes in there, mate. You know, you couldn't put Harry Potter in that team and. I don't think you could make magic happen. It just isn't going to go. It's not going to work. In his time, um, they are a mess. Uh, and injuries aside, they should. I agree. They should have more than enough to to at least win a fair few of the games have already played. And it's just not happening. And I don't see it happening in the in the near horizon. So they have to stick it. They have to stick with. I think so, you'll get the time. Sorry. Do you think you'll get the time? I. I because see, Chelsea are not scattered gun. If he was going to get the side, they would have done it already by now with the run of results. I think they would have gone. So I think he, he's he's going to get at least to December, I think. Colin, see what we know now. Do you think Chelsea finished in the top six? No. I don't. Even if um, Pochettino does start to turn it around, I don't think he'll be able to get a consistent beat at the right level for them to um, finish top six. You know, it might be just outside it if all goes well, but I don't see it. Johnny, what, what about you? Yeah. It's, um, it almost feels like a bum. I know you don't mean it as a bum, but no, it, 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 it bleeds into the fact that you've got to go back to the spend. You know, if we, no, if, if, if we say, if, you know, if we both, if all three of us are saying, no, they don't finish in the top six, and you go I back think, to, well, how much have they actually spent and how much is it going to take to get them out of this? And you just think, that's absolutely yeah, crazy. I mean, that. We're not coming for it. Um, I say they would definitely improve. I still think they will improve. I think not right away. I think we're, we're going to have this period of time where. They're just going to continue to be the the, the one to take the piss out of it. And rightly so. You know, it's just the way it works. 
Um, do I think top four now? No, I think it's a huge ask, mate. A huge ask. I'd love to see it change, you know, turn around. And it can turn around. You know, teams can do it if they get that run of results. We've seen it countless times. It can happen. But it's very, very difficult to see it with the way things are. Okay. Right. I'll leave you alone on the Chelsea front. Um, the, the the final game then was um, Newcastle uh, away to Sheffield United. For all intents and purposes, I actually had this game down as 1-1. I thought after the Champions League match, um, I thought Sheffield United were going to put on a performance and be a dogged um, close game. Um, but instead, they decided to score more goals than what Chelsea have scored in the Premier League in the whole season by getting eight, <laughs> by getting eight in one match. Um, and uh, with that, Colin, they also set a record that they had eight different scorers in a single match in the Premier League era. It did happen before the Premier League, but from a Premier League era, um, the first team to have eight different scorers. They were just excellent, weren't they? Um, <laughs> they were. They, they were brilliant. And um, you know, I, I don't know if you'll come to the um, the opening goal <laughs> at any point. Um, Sheffield United you know, probably feel a wee bit unlucky in the manner of that, and they probably thought they should have been coming away with a seven 0 defeat um, if that had went away. We'll, but, we'll talk about that and then tell us what happened. So, Anthony Gordon, um, who, by the way, like got dropped, and <laughs> um, Harvey Barnes got all injured, and like he came back home with his bit between the teeth, didn't he? Because he played really well, probably the best I've seen him in a Newcastle jersey. Um, he gets to the byline; it looks as if it goes over the byline um, when he's dribbling wet, but the ball's bouncing and it bounces up and hits his right hand. He then cuts it back, and it's a, it's a tap in for Longstaff, was it? Um, yep. So it goes to VAR, and the line looks at it, it looks as if, and I'm going for what I'm seeing on the TV here the full ball isn't over the line, which is fair does. But this whole basketball slap, um, he doesn't mean it, no, he doesn't, but he's no go the right level of control, in my opinion, um, of the ball if it doesn't hit his hand. And goals change games. I mean, there's a whole butterfly effect. If the first goes in, there's a second, there's a third, there's a fourth, so on and so forth. Um, that's maybe clutching at straws, but I think am, am I right in thinking the rule is is that if the if it touches a hand and then he shoots and it goes in, then it's handball. If he touches if it touches his hand and he plays it, it's now a different person. Therefore, it's not ruled in the same vein as a intentional handball. I'm with you. I, I do believe he slaps the ball and. Kind of gets the control of it, but in the letter of the law, he probably and that's uh, and and we probably don't have a leg to stand on here because mm-hmm. we can't just say, "Oh, it shouldn't have stood because I don't like the rule." That's <laughs> not how it is. But what we can say is the rules are nonsense because the rules are inconsistent. If a foul is happens in the build up to a goal, then they will look at it in like mm-hmm. the, the passage of play. If somebody fouls to win the ball, then passes it to the striker. The striker scores. They're going to pull it back for a fill with VAR. Why is it not the same with with the handball? Um, particularly that obvious um, an occasion. But you know, Shep, like taking that away, I think um, is great. As Newcastle were Sheffield United did capitulate um, uh, and some of the marking. Aye, some quick fire goals, and they just couldn't settle. And 
Newcastle smelt blood and when you don't settle yourself and get yourself composed again, then teams are going to rip you apart. Um, before that, you know, hand off, which is a lot of read a moan quote. Um, this came from one of the, the podcasts at the beginning of the season by a certain Colin McDuff of the Gallant Few. I think Sheffield United will do well this season. season. <laughs> no, he's a laughing, but I, I rate Paul Hickenbottom as a manager. Dear me. Direct quote. That was you pre. That was your predictions, wasn't it? At the beginning of the season. It was, and uh, that direct that direct quote did include not use a laughing because you all started giggling at me like we last season. <laughs> now I see why. <laughs> Johnny, um, you know, I, I I feel hard done by to, to trying to you know pile in on Sheffield United, um, but. Were Newcastle that good, or was it just a combination of both? You kind of don't want to take anything away from a team that scored eight in a game, do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, taxi for calling. <laughs> oh, no, listen, eh, Newcastle were good. Eh, they were eh, clinical. They, 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 you know, they just they, they were ruthless. That's probably the best way to describe it. Um, the Sheffield United help them absolutely. They did. Um, they were rotten, absolutely rank rotten. Um, I mean, it's an embarrassing result. There's no other way to go yeah. about it, is there? It really is. Um, and it's uh, it's definitely a notch in all taking bottom um, or against them. I think it's going to happen a few times to the teams that have came up, maybe not 8 0, but you know they're going to get swept aside. Um, and I think that's pretty much what it was. I would agree they never got a chance to settle because it was just one after the other, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't even bother writing any notes to it. I just wrote LOL. Um, and, I mean, I've been on a, you know, I've been a few games where my team's been trounced like that. I know how much it sucks. Um, but, uh, look, it does happen. I did not expect it. I think I had fancied 1-0 Newcastle. I thought they would probably just do enough. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I think it I think the main just... positive that you can take away from it was just three points that they lost. But it was just three points. Move on to the next, isn't it? You can't they can't read too much into it. You know, it'd be different if it was um a team we expect to be up there challenging beside Newcastle. But I mean this is a team that are probably going to be in and or around relegation. Uh, you're right, they have to they have to shelf it as hard as that is when you've been trounced like that, but they have to they have to move on, otherwise it's just gonna happen again. Yeah, and I know they've got some particularly difficult games coming up. I think they're away to West Ham at the weekend. Um, they're away to Fulham, and they... Uh, I'm trying to remember who the next one was. Oh, they're, they're at home to Man U. So, uh, yeah, they've they've not, they've not got enough, an easy night of it, at least. Um, and that pretty much covers us for the games. Um, you know, that brings us up to every individual game that happened at the weekend. Um, looking through to the next fixtures, Colin, um, as I said, I've already called out a couple of the games um, in, in the next round. Um, so the next round starts on Saturday. Um, we've got Villa and Brighton as the early kickoff at half past 12. And then on fi- at half past five, you've got Spurs against Liverpool. Um, so, so the Saturday looks to be where you know where a lot of the viewing will happen. 
Aye, um, I, t- I tell you what, this was such a difficult week to pick a last man standing for MD that's in <laughs> those type of um, tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just a, aye, um, a wee bit of context to that comment. Um, I did text you, Jamie. Um, me and Jamie are in two separate last man standings together, and he went Brentford for both. And I said, No, you need to hedge your bets. He's like, No, I always double up. Well, listen to you, old Uncle Colin. Um, no, there's a, aye, a few decent, uh, it's difficult this weekend, it really is, um, for going for game of the weekend, it has to be that half five on Saturday, Tottenham mm-hmm. Liverpool, just back what we were saying, Bafe, both are just scoring for fun at times, both of them will fancy it, um, and that's when you know two teams are going in, it, you know, fancy our chances to win based on their own game, no based on what the other team are doing. It's always going to be a game of the weekend. Um, honourable mention for Everton, uh, we Luton. I think both of them will also fancy that as well, just because they have been equally shite. So that might surprise us. Well, I can only see that going one way. Luton have just lost one nil against Exeter in the FA Cup and the Europe, sorry, the League Cup. So uh, they they just don't seem to be getting a break at all at the moment. Um, but uh, Johnny, um, we, I know you'll be you'll you'll be watching the Villa Brighton game. Do you expect much from that? Do you think do you think we're overhyping it or do you think we'll get goals? Yeah, I think we will get goals, mate. Definitely. Um, no European the, games the, this week. The, the bet is over two point five goals, isn't it? Because Bill, uh, Brighton have scored at least has, have been involved in four goals um, every game this season. Uh, I think the price will probably reflect that as well. Um, but no, I mean, listen, on paper, it definitely has potential. Uh, like I said, there's nothing midweek for them, um, European wise. Anyway, I mean, I imagine. I don't I know who plays then. Probably we'll tomorrow night, don't they? Yeah, uh, depending on who they put out, they should be fairly fresh, so it should be a good game. Um, same as you guys, the 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 T10 game should be a good game. Um, loads of potential in that again for goals. Yeah, probably the main two, mate. Happy days. Um... And we do have one uh, weekend fix. We one round of weekend fixtures left for the fancy football league. Um, I know Colin's been a bit of a stickler with the league the last few weeks, trying to sort out the previous winner. Um, but uh, for those who do an active part, uh, actively take part in the FPL, um, you've obviously got this weekend's games um, for the, the manager of the month for the month of September. Colin, looking at the FPL from the last weekend and going into this weekend, is there anything that stands out? Uh, um, I've just I've um, been very proactive. I've made my changes already. Um, oh, also, I got bond oh. with um, having Ramsdale in goals, so uh, Nick Pope uh, comes in. Um, How did you make changes? I, I made um, I had Pope on the bench, um, okay. so that was Ramsdale because um, Arsenal are playing goalkeeping roulette at the moment. Um, but Pope's a guaranteed starter. I've made Tippier my vice captain. I'm not bold enough to make him my captain, but after his weekend um, three assists, um, he racked up some points for me. Um, at home at Burnley, he'd, don't know, he'd expect him to have a decent game, so I'm banking him to be involved, involved in a couple of goals. And Johnny, for yourself? Get yourself on the lad Morris for Luton. Double game week. 
Come on, Luton. <laughs> well, we're, we're just, this is obviously the first double game week. For those that don't know, um, the, the Luton-Burnley game was yeah. uh, postponed at the beginning of the season, set round number two. Um, and what they've done is they've basically sandwiched it in the same weekend, uh, sorry, so same round of fixes this weekend. So I think it's next Tuesday, which means that Luton and Burnley both played two games this weekend. But yeah. for, the, for the experienced one, Burnley are away to Newcastle and away to Luton. Um, and Luton are away to Everton at home at Burnley, so I wouldn't expect hat tricks to be scored in those games. But um, yeah, for you those people that have been banking up, yeah, next, for those people that have been banking up, <laughs> Morris has run right. You're going to come back. Uh, I would probably see. I, I I don't make my moves to the Friday. I wait for the Prezels. Uh, bit sad, I know, but I like to know what I'm, what I'm doing. I'll probably, Especially with around the cup fixtures midweek. I'll, yeah, I like to try and dodge any late injuries. and Plus, there's a couple of red flags or orange flags hanging over a couple of players. Wait and see the updates for that. Probably maybe slight differential, maybe Jared Bowen for this week. I think he could be a good shout. Sheffield at home. Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of dropping him um, in Bueno after after his disaster at the weekend. Not only did Brentford kick me out in the last man standing, but also goal scorer competition, bets. I fucking hate Brentford this week, so uh, I don't know whether I'm going to be getting shot. If I'm looking at you, differential... Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, that I tell you, I'm still in both of mine. That's Do funny, you, I'm still in both of mine as well. That's Johnny, you you coincidence. You're, you're only the one that's got one person in it yourself. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I was looking at a differential... Um, Harvey Barnes, uh, Colin, you, you called it earlier, is now injured by the looks of it until the end of the season. Um, there's apparently got a mystery illness um, uh, in his foot, which means Gordon's now going to be playing permanently. Um, and as you said, probably played his best game at the weekend. So if you're looking for a cheap midfielder, I think something like 5.6 as a differential. I think he'll probably do well this weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, the, my main concern is... Saka and Madison both showing his potential misses. The talk was today that Saka more than likely will miss the game against Bournemouth. I'm hoping Madison misses against Liverpool, purely on the basis that it's Liverpool, but that then leaves me with a bit of a problem of whether or not I make a change or whether I bring in somebody or just bench them, so should be fun. Um, and uh, yeah, so next week, we'll we'll be back next week, guys. Um, we'll cover off the Fancy Football League Manager of the Month. I know Colin's going to be racking up who's uh, who's in that title. Um, and uh, we will bring to you uh, the, the, the completion of the last round of fixtures. But apart from that, um, Johnny, been great to have you on. You just caught me off guard. I hate when you do that. <laughs> I wait for you to look in. <laughs> I lost my cursor. Apologies. Uh, no, listen, always a pleasure to come back on. Love chatting with you guys. Thank you very much. And Colin, as ever, it's always good to have you back, mate. Good to be on, gents. Thanks for having me. And thank you to everybody for listening. See if we can get you two weeks in a row next week. I'm in Italy next week, so oh, I don't know. Well, I'm right. back in the old country. <laughs> <laughs> well guys if you've got any comments if you've got any thoughts then leave us a comment on uh, the comment section for youtube as ever we do read them not many people rate them but we do read them um but uh, catch us all next week see you later mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.